Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. I'm your host, Paul Garcia, and it is Respect Life Month. It's October. And so today in studio, I have two wonderful guests, Mary Kay Robbins with Birthright, which helps women facing unplanned pregnancies. And then I also have Colleen Harmon with Rachel's Vineyard, who just had a retreat. And what Rachel's Vineyard does in a nutshell is helps mend broken hearts that are broken by abortion. Thank you, Mary Kay and Colleen, both of you, for coming in today. I really appreciate your time. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity to come hey, and talk with you today. The <laughs> pleasure is all mine. I, I really appreciate it. So, Mary Kay, let's go ahead and start with you. So, you're with Birthright, which, as I said, helps women facing unplanned pregnancies. But maybe you can tell me and the listeners a little bit more about what exactly Birthright does and then what you do inside of that. Birthright was founded in uh, in Canada in 1968. It is interdenominational. It's not really tied to any one church. And what we do is offer friendship and services to women who are expectant moms. Uh, very often it is an unplanned pregnancy. It's not always that they are considering an abortion. Sometimes they are women in need who just feel they need a little more support. And we are able to support them with a number of things, um, maternity clothing, layette items, which is, think of that as a, a baby shower in a basket, mm. okay, everything you'd need for that newborn when you come home from the hospital. We also are able to offer to our clients who came to us when they were expecting, as well as to the general public, um, on the first Saturday of the month, anyone can come to our door and get diapers and baby clothing. During our regular office hours during the week, we're there for the women who are our clients with the same thing, uh, maternity clothing, baby items, diapers, wipes, clothing up to size two. We also can refer them to all kinds of places in town. One of them is Rachel's Vineyard if they need their services, but we also can help them find housing. Uh, in some occasions, we can actually help them get over that financial hump of being off work for a few months while they're on maternity leave. If they're going back to a job and they just need a little financial help to get through that tough time. Um, we also have a couple other organizations in town that help with that because it's usually two or three months worth of rent and utilities they need help with. Um, we also can send them, these days everybody is telling me groceries are difficult to afford. So we can give them information on all the food pantries in town, the dates and uh, types of services they have to offer, as well as clothing pantries for larger than baby clothing, mm -hmm. uh, toddler on up. If they need uh, legal services, you know, professional counseling, um, of course, physicians uh, will send them to people who are supporting life in their decision. And... Uh, we are not uh, professional counselors. We are just women helping women. We do have a few men, too, that help in the office. But it's the women who tend to be one-on-one -on -one with the expectant moms, helping them, assessing what their needs are, what their support network is, and what they need, what gaps they need filled in. Mm. And in this very generous community, we're able usually to find what they need uh, right here in town. It's interesting that in a couple of recent surveys, 80% of the women considering an abortion have said they want would choose life for their child if they just had sufficient support. And that's what we're about, is trying to help them build that support network so that they can choose life. Because very few expectant moms really want to choose abortion. They just feel they don't have much choice because they don't have the support they need. Wow. I, that's a yeah. staggering survey right there. It is. 80% of women who have abortions said that they wouldn't have had one if they would have felt that they had sufficient means of taking care of that child. And right. I was going to say, you seem like you're the ultimate, or I should say birthright seems like it's the ultimate support system that women need. We aren't the support system. We're a part of it, and we're able to link them with other organizations. That okay, can also become that. Maybe. It's, it's more a referral information. You know, we do the pregnancy test when they come in, first of all, to make sure they're not just worried about something that's really not happening. Um, we sit and talk with them. Sometimes they just need to talk out options. And there are options other than abortion. 
And most pregnant women want to choose life for their child if only they had the help they needed to make that happen. Right. And I want to ask you more, and I'm excited to ask you more about this in just one moment, but also in studio, as I said, we have Colleen Harmon with Rachel's Vineyard. And as I said earlier, uh, Colleen, Rachel's Vineyard helps mend hearts broken by abortion. It sounds like it's uh, like that's a relatively simple thing, not a simple task, but it's a focused effort. But could you tell me just more in depth, what exactly does Rachel's Vineyard do? Or maybe how does it do that, mend those hearts broken by abortion? Well, first of all, Paul, thanks for having me today. And um, I'm very um, thankful to represent the Rachel's Vineyard program and get the word out about what it is and uh, what it does for those who have been uh, a part of an abortion experience. Um I like to just say very simply that Rachel's Vineyard is a safe place and part of the struggle of um, uh, a past abortion decision in, in kind of moving forward with that is that women and men who have been involved and are conflicted about that past uh, experience don't feel like there is any safe place to share um, they feel very kind of shouted, shrouded in secrecy and, and shame, especially the longer that that secret goes on for them. And so Rachel's Vineyard, number one, is a safe place. Um, it is a very confidential program. So anyone that calls for information might be considering coming. Um, we can assure them that from that moment that they call on through the retreat weekend, confidentiality is of utmost importance so they can feel very safe in um, coming and basically having a place to um, bring those emotions, those things that they have pushed down and kept secret for you know varying lengths of time. Sometimes it's very soon that they feel the need to get help. Many times it's it's many years, sometimes many decades later, and um, they have the need to speak the truth of what happened to them. And um, the retreat process is designed to help them kind of slowly and gently, step by step, bring those um, long ago memories and feelings back to the light in a very, like I said, safe and supportive environment. Mm -hmm. And um, then along with that, we have beautiful scripture exercises that help them to um, bring those memories and feelings to the surface and allow an encounter with Christ who we um, invite there as the divine physician. He's the one that does all the work on a Rachel's Vineyard Retreat Weekend. Beautiful. And help me to understand the format of this whole program a little better, if you would. So you talked about the retreats. Is it only retreats? Is that what Rachel's Vineyard is? If someone calls you guys up and says, I really regret my abortion, me and my husband regret our abortion, we would love to experience the saving in the the, uh, the therapeutic things that you guys offer. Will they come into your location, or do you say, we have a retreat coming up next weekend? That's come good, on in. That's a good question. Yes, when someone works up um, the courage, finds the need to make that call, looking for some help, um, we have retreats um, twice yearly for um, the English language. We also have uh, a Spanish language retreat once a year, so... That is the direction that we will um, put them into, but we also have the availability of um, team members and various resources in our diocese who they can speak to one-on-one -on -one rather than wait two, three, four months for a retreat weekend to happen. They can get help immediately. A lot of times... Um, just um, as Mary Kay says, it's just an offer of the listening um, that they need right away just to um, be 
listened to and to be validated and understood that um, even though this might have been something that happened long ago, that it is um, a real difficulty and that there is help and there is hope for them. And so we'll get them connected, whether it's a clergy member or um, a counselor um, who they can see and speak with free of charge, who's connected with our program, or even myself um, and or my husband, Steve, who we help um, coordinate and lead the retreat weekends. So, Mm. Yeah, there's help right away, and then we always encourage them to um, look forward to that retreat weekend where they can um, just get away from their, their daily routine and really, in this supportive environment, focus on that time and uh, the healing that Jesus desires for them. You kind of alluded to it there, the immense value that you can have just by having someone hear your story. A saying that I really like is... Uh, If you don't talk to anyone, you're bearing the weight of an untold story, and sometimes that's more crippling than any physical battle could be. Bearing the weight of an untold story weighs on your mind in a way that's invisible but hugely debilitating, especially with something like abortion. And I know that from the women I've I've had the pleasure of talking to about their abortions. They have held on to it for decades sometimes. And so just having a supportive environment that you are not only allowed but encouraged to share your story, I think that can just be beyond therapeutic. And it's a beautiful thing that you're doing at Rachel's Vineyard. And one more time, did you say there's a Spanish version of this retreat once a year and then an English version also once a year? We have a Spanish language retreat scheduled once a year in the Peoria Diocese and an English language retreat twice a year, spring and fall. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. And these are free to attend. There is a retreat fee uh, associated with the retreat weekend, but we have financial assistance available for whoever might need it. And it's really a simple process. It's just stating your need and and, uh, the help is there to get people there. We don't want any obstacle to, um, to keep someone away because of finances. Understood. And speaking of finances, Mary Kay, I'd like to jump back to you. You said that something that you do for these new and unexpecting mothers is you provide financial assistance. How exactly do you do that? Are you writing checks and saying, here you go, do with it what you will? Or how's that work? Uh, Not quite that easy. Uh, We do require proof that they have a job to return to. Very often, they have jobs that don't have sick pay built up the ability for paid time off. So if they're off for two or three months, paying the rent and the utilities becomes very difficult. Some of them are afraid of losing their home during that time. So if they have a copy of the lease, copy of the utility bills, if they've gone to the township, for example, for help with utilities, if they've tried their families or their church for some assistance and they still need help, then we can help them with some of that. They need to show uh, proof that they have a job to go back to. And we sit down and we work out a budget for them. So we would look at their paycheck stubs, you know, year to date, try and figure out what their income is, what their expense needs are, what have they already tapped into. Maybe we can suggest other places. And there are other organizations we work with, too, that also help with rent assistance and utilities if need be. Hmm. So it is possible to help them through the two or three months of maternity leave. Uh, Very often the moms will have a job that's low-paying, no benefits. Uh, Sometimes they don't even have insurance. They make just enough to be above what they qualify for uh, with with welfare, you know, and getting Medicaid. But they don't have medical insurance on their job. For example, if they're a nanny or if they're working in fast food and they make a pretty good salary but not quite enough and they rely on that every month, they're living paycheck to paycheck – They can't get through three months without income then. Hmm. And as long as they've tapped into every other resource we can think of, then we can help them. Sure. So it's not just a come and get your donation or come and get your handout type of deal at all. No, we pay it directly to the landlord or the utility company to keep them in their homes. Understood. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting window to live in as far as income goes. You make a little too much for Medicaid to kick in, Mm -hmm. but not quite enough to safely have your health insured. So that's interesting. Right, right. Hmm. Okay. Well, we have just a few minutes before we go to break here. Uh, 
I want to talk more grand scale about this whole issue of is there a problem with how much Americans respect and value life? What, how are we trending in terms of what people believe about abortion, about the sanctity of life, sanctity in general, uh, God in general even? I want to just have a, a wide-spanning conversation. Perhaps before we hit this commercial break here, how do you feel about the future of the country in term, or maybe even the future of our area in terms of how much we value human life and, and babies and what our thoughts are on abortion? Bit of a loaded question, but maybe if you can put it in a nutshell, Colleen, I'll, I'll turn it over to you first. How do you feel about the near future? Well, I feel much better about it uh, since the uh, Dobbs case was decided and Roe v. Wade was overturned. I um, think that everyone can can uh, be encouraged that our country is moving in a more just direction, allowing um, the people to have their say within each state as to what, what they um, think should be legal in terms of, of abortion. Um, I'm sorry that Illinois is not one of the states that's moving um, to protect life. Uh, and I don't normally get into the politics of, of abortion in working with Rachel's Vineyard, mm. but um, I will say that it it is um, interesting since we began working with this ministry how the language of um, abortion um, has changed from choice to now a right um, of and even um, a a duty almost um, to protect women's place in our society and uh, women's um, equal access to health care. And it is uh, very complicated for women to understand these days and and men it's not certainly just a woman's issue but it seems like um it has crossed that line from from something that a woman might choose um in a difficult situation to something that seems more her duty her obligation to uh, uphold women and i think that that is a very confusing uh thing for our country to sort out right now but mm-hmm. I am encouraged um, by all the the um, attention that's given this issue right now. And I, I'm hopeful that um, with healing programs like Rachel's Vineyard and the many other ones out there, that as women and men are healed from this experience, they're able to speak the truth um, of what abortion is and... Uh, and one by one, hearts will uh, really understand what abortion is and what it does to not only the child that's lost, but the the woman and man and and their circle of people around them. Absolutely. And Mary Kay, I want to get your thoughts on this as well. But first, we have to give a quick shout out to our beloved local sponsors. This is Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. We'll be right back. Three Kings Gifts has sacramental and seasonal gifts, religious medals, rosaries, and more on the College Avenue Epiphany Church campus in Normal. Three Kings Gifts is open 10 to 3.30 on Thursday and Friday, 8 to 1 on Sunday. Profits help charitable organizations. Help spread the word. Catholic Spirit Radio welcomes Morris and Joliet and their surrounding communities to our listening audience on 89.3 FM. Catholic Spirit Radio broadcasts 24 hours a day, has a listening app, a website with resources, and a Facebook presence. With news, talk shows, and prayer opportunities, Catholic Spirit Radio brings the beauty, truth, and genius of our faith to listeners in central and northern Illinois, now serving Morris and Joliet on 89.3 FM. Help spread the word. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. I'm your host, Paul Garcia, and it's Respect Life Month, the month of October. And today I'm talking to Mary Kay Robbins of Birthright and Colleen Harmon of Rachel's Vineyard. We just wrapped up before that commercial break with talking to Colleen about her thoughts on the future and what she believes the future holds 
for uh, abortion and the general morale surrounding the topic. And now, Mary Kay, I want to come back to you. It looked like you had something you wanted to say about the subject, so I'll just go ahead and turn the microphone over to you. What do you feel about the topic of abortion and the future of it in America? In America, um, as Colleen said, the Dobbs case has overruled Roe v. Wade and thrown it back to the states. We unfortunately live in the one state in the center of the country that is very liberal in uh, allowing abortion the whole nine months of pregnancy. That's also true in California and New York and a couple other states out east. And what that does is it makes it very easy for a woman to think of abortion as her only choice when she feels up against the wall, if you will, with a surprise pregnancy she's not prepared to deal with. At Birthright, we do not get involved in trying to change the law in the politics. We're here for the woman. We believe it's the right of every pregnant woman to give birth and the right of every child to be born. And we are here to help those women and their babies to the extent that we can and help them find those resources in the community to choose life. Okay, We would never refer for an abortion. However, very few of the women coming to us these days are women who are coming because they are seeking an abortion. Many of them are further along in their pregnancy and they just plain need help. And as long as it's so easy in Illinois to get an abortion, we feel we need to go all out to make it easy to choose life. The easier the better, uh, the more likely they are to choose life. I met a woman not too long ago who was having her seventh child, I believe, and she was up against the wall. I mean, she's a single mom living hand-to-mouth. Uh, one of the kids has very profound special needs, and she just was really, really hurting. And I thanked her for choosing life for her child. This was her seventh child, I believe. She said, nobody's ever told me that before. She was just floored that someone would thank her for choosing life. That's the culture we live in. It's just assumed that you wouldn't make that choice if you were in that situation. So we're here to make it much easier for them, or at least doable for them. It's never easy when you're a single mom, no matter what your resources are. But when you're hurting for resources, we're here to help in any way we can. Man, you know, it, it hurts me to hear that that was the first time she heard that. And then it makes me think more about, man, we just don't value life. We look at it as a nuisance. You think about it a little more, you have to think about what the definition of love is. I know Thomas Aquinas says, love is willing the good of the other, even at a sacrifice to yourself. Mother Teresa says, love, in order to be true, must cost. And people would rather, at least in society in America, especially in Illinois, especially in northern Illinois, it seems, they would rather take the easier way out of you know an unexpected pregnancy and say, just terminate the baby, terminate the pregnancy rather than, all right, hey, we're here to support you, although it's going to be difficult, and of course it's going to be difficult for you, the mother, we're going to be here because we love you. It, truly, we love you like Christ loves, as Aquinas said we should love. We love you even though it's not going to do anything for us or benefit us in any financial type of way. It's actually going to cost us our time and our effort. We're here because we love you because you're a human, because we believe that little thing inside of you is a human as well also of infinite value. And so we're here to enhance your life and to love and just love, 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 love. You know, it costs. It's hard. And that's the route we should take. And if we take that route in our lives, I think we'll be better off in that way as well. All that said, sorry for the rant right there, <laughs> but I agree with you wholeheartedly. And Colleen, I want to ask you, you've probably seen a lot of men and women come through your program. What kind of response do they have to these retreats? How do they come back and maybe what kind of words of admiration and words of thanks have you heard towards Rachel's Vineyard? Well, it can be a very transforming, a very life-changing weekend um, to, to lay down that burden of... Um, carrying those difficult memories and emotions in in isolation for some time it takes a toll on a person um, and on their relationships and so a Rachel's Vineyard Retreat Weekend can be a wonderful start to um, a more whole life 
one that God intended for them from the beginning, um, and a continued um, path towards, again, the abundance that uh, of life that that God um, promises us, and so it is a beginning. It's it's an important step that they take um, to step out of the darkness and the shame and the isolation and open those deep wounds that the abortion experience has has caused in their understanding of themselves, their ability to um, relate to God and to others in their lives, and to um, allow God to show them his perspective of that um, long-ago event that um, he has been calling them back to himself and they have finally um, opened that door to his uh, call. And so the weekend, like I said, can be a life-altering um, step for most people. And of course, then um, about a month after our retreat weekend, we invite people back just for an afternoon to kind of check in with each other, see what um, has changed for them, what might still be difficult obstacles uh, in their lives to further healing, and just encourage and pray together and um like I said, encourage them to keep on in that life in Christ in in pursuit of, of all the, the goodness and the wholeness and the abundance that uh, he wants for them. Mm-hmm. As I said before we hit record, uh, recently on my podcast, The Paul Garcia Show, I had a woman who was in here just the other week named Becky Billiter. Uh, she had an abortion when she was 15 years old. In decades past, she got married, she had a small family, and she was trying to figure out one day in church, why on earth can I not seem, there seems like there's a roadblock, why can't I seem to love people and connect with God and just feel at ease and feel like I can love everyone in the way that I want, in the way more so that Christ loves? What's holding me back? And she said, she looked through the bulletin, she saw these words jump out at her, because she would always pray the words, help me to love you know, deeper still. I want to live deeper still. And the words of deeper still popped out at her, uh, on her, in her bulletin, they popped out to her and she said, whatever this is, I want in. And then she turned the page to see what it was all about. And that's when she said, this was a retreat for men and women who have suffered abortions and they, they just, they've been grieving them or something like that. And so she's blown away. Whoa, I never thought it was this thing that I did when I was 15. But sure enough, it was. And she had this overwhelming rush of emotions. And it was just like God's putting her face in it. Like, yep, this is it. You've been wondering what exactly was holding you back. It's this. And she said it was more than a transformative experience. It was like a metamorphosis in a way. She just became someone new, almost like you're reborn or something like that. And so it just goes to show that these retreats are extremely powerful. And then what I hear... I'm on the internet a lot, social media. There's kind of this movement, and you two may or may not know about it. It's like hashtag shout your abortion, which means kind of be proud of your abortion, as obscene as that may seem here at Catholic Spirit Radio. But it's not really, it seems like not many people regret their abortions. If you listen to these people on Saturday Night Live in pop culture, it seems like not many people regret what they've done or that they grieve this. So I'd like to ask you again, Colleen, how many people go to these retreats? Is it three? Is it four? Uh, Is it a very small group or is it more than maybe we think? It is a small group. Uh, We generally have anywhere from three to about 12, 14 uh, people participating each weekend. So, it's very interesting over the years, um, even as the outreach has expanded and the program is more well-known uh, in our diocese than it was when we started, it seems like our retreat weekends always are very similar size. So I, I believe that that's um, the way it's supposed to be, to have an intimate um, 
uh, safe environment um, where there's enough people there to share um, their similar experiences and support each other, understand each other, um, but yet to have the time and attention um, be given to each person uh, in what they need in particular um, to to accomplish in their healing that weekend. So, mm-hmm. Understood. And for anyone just tuning in, you're listening to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. I'm your host, Paul Garcia. It's Respect Life Month, and I'm talking to Colleen Harmon of Rachel's Vineyard and Mary Kay Robbins of Birthright. And Mary Kay, I want to go to you now and ask you, if a woman, say a single mother, who doesn't really, she's not in a comfortable position to have this child, you encourage her and you even will thank her for choosing to have this child, for choosing life. If I'm a single mom listening to this right now, what might be the first piece of advice that you would give me? Say there's a mom in her car right now, she's pregnant and she does not have much income. What's the first thing she should do? Is it turn to you or is it to do something else? Either way, let's give them some actionable uh, steps, maybe. First of all, I'd tell her, don't panic, take a deep breath, step back a minute, and realize life is a precious gift. Okay, Um, If you come to Birthright, it will be confidential. We'll help you talk through the options. We are not here to judge you. We are here to give you any assistance you might want. And... Very often, you talked about the easy way out being an abortion. That is very seldom the easy way out. There's a price to pay if you make that choice, too. And as Colleen has talked about, it may be decades later you're still paying that price somehow for some women, not necessarily all of them, as you talked about some online who seem proud of the fact Mm. that they've had an abortion, but others are bothered for a long time by it. Um It's just time to step back. For example, I had a a young uh, parents, the mother and father came to me and they had a a baby, uh, much less than a year old, about half a year old, and thought they might be pregnant again. And they weren't ready to have another baby. They just had a, a very small one already. And it took a little to say, wait a minute, you think you're newly pregnant. It takes nine months to have a baby. These children will be a little more than a year apart, and that happens to a lot of people. They get through that. You know, those children are very close. They're part of a loving family. So don't think just because you're pregnant, you're going to have that baby today, and it's going to destroy your life. There are a lot of things we can help you with, a lot of choices you can make along the way. And uh, you can choose life. This can work out. It can be a beautiful thing. What a difference a year can make, Mm. you know, in how you see things. Mm -hmm. Right. And it seems like your big thing is to just calm people down bring them a little peace because I think, and you just correct me if I'm wrong here, but well, first of all, you want to get really deep about it. The word devil comes from diabolos, which means to scatter, which means, you know, you look at the mind. If you're ever scatterbrained, it's probably not God at work. Whereas God is the antithesis of that. It's the opposite. It's peace. It's harmony. It's as things should be. And if you're ever scatterbrained, that's probably not the best time to make any decisions, really. And so it seems like if whether you're trying to or not, you're getting them out of that state. You're getting them more into a peaceful, you're calming the waters a little bit, and then you're starting to talk to them. Is that on purpose, or is that just what you feel inclined to do? <laughs> well, okay, we're on Catholic Spirit Radio. That's Rachel's right. Vineyard is a Catholic organization. Birthright is not. Birthright is interdenominational, and we purposely don't evangelize or proselytize We believe we're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus, but we don't really get very religious with the people who come to us. Many of them don't practice any kind of faith. They're agnostic or even atheist, some of them. We have had some Muslim women, some Hindu women come to us. You know, it it doesn't matter where they're coming from. We're here to serve them, to help them to settle them down and and take the time to talk through their issues, their needs, their concerns, get them the help they need to be able to choose life because choosing death is very seldom a good solution to a problem. I would have to agree with that. Yeah, choosing death is seldom 
the best option. And we have just a couple minutes before we go to break here. Uh, Rachel's Vineyard is a Catholic organization. I am ashamed to admit I did not realize Mm -hmm. that. But uh, would you say then it is uh, unlike Birthright, which is more uh, non-denominational, would you say that Rachel's Vineyard do you try to sneak in a little of the gospel in there? Or what no, ex- very okay. similar to what Mary Kay said. Um, mm. There is no um, attempt to um, indoctrinate or proselytize anyone to the Catholic faith. It is true that it is Catholic in origin, um, but and in our Peoria Diocese, uh, we do offer the Catholic model, which means simply that um, there is clergy present as part of the retreat team, and the sacraments are offered. So um, there is a, a Catholic Mass. Uh, the Sacrament of Reconciliation is offered on the weekend as part of the retreat process. However, uh, across the country and across the world, there are interdenominational um, models of the same retreat process. Um, and Catholic or not, Rachel's Vineyard invites anyone to our weekends um, of any kind of faith background or faith experience, um, whatever level that was. It's very common that um, people who come to Rachel's Vineyard grew up with some kind of faith um, experience um, and fell away at some point. And it um, may or sometimes not have a lot to do with their abortion experience. And so, again, we see the healer on the weekend um, being Jesus as a divine physician uh, and the church is there to walk alongside these people um, on their healing journey. So, mm-hmm. it's a lot like OSF. It seems you know it's a hospital that has Catholic foundations, but they're in the business of helping people. For Pete's sake, they just happen to be Catholic. They have a Catholic mass there if you want to go to it, but you don't have to be Catholic to receive the help that they offer. Exactly. And we'll be right back in just one moment. But first, here's a quick word from our beloved sponsors. You're listening to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. We'll be right back. You're listening to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. Hi, this is John Hall, president of Catholic Spirit Radio. Do you enjoy our programming? Well, we need your support to keep the programming at Catholic Spirit Radio on the air. If you already give, thank you. We appreciate your help. If you haven't given, we need your help now. Support Catholic Spirit Radio by joining Team 360. That's a $360 gift one time or $30 a month for 12 months. Or support Catholic Spirit Radio with Dedicated Day with a $1,200 yearly donation or a $100 monthly donation. We depend on your support to keep Catholic Spirit Radio on the air 24 hours a day, broadcasting the truth and beauty of the Catholic Church. To donate, go online at catholicspiritradio.com. That's catholicspiritradio.com. Or mail your donation to Catholic Spirit Radio, 108 Boykins Place, Normal, Illinois, 61761. Or stop by 108 Boykins Place during business hours. God bless you and thank you for your support of Catholic Spirit Radio. Three Kings Gifts has sacramental and seasonal gifts, religious medals, rosaries, and more on the College Avenue Epiphany Church campus in Normal. Three Kings Gifts is open 10 to 3.30 on Thursday and Friday, 8 to 1 on Sunday. Profits help charitable organizations. Help spread the word. Catholic Spirit Radio welcomes Morris and Joliet and their surrounding communities to our listening audience on 89.3 FM. Catholic Spirit Radio broadcasts 24 hours a day, has a listening app, a website with resources, and a Facebook presence. With news, talk shows, and prayer opportunities, Catholic Spirit Radio brings the beauty, truth, and genius of our faith to listeners in Central and Northern Illinois, now serving Morris and Joliet on 89.3 FM. Help spread the word. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. I'm your host, Paul Garcia, and it is Respect Life Month. It is October, and today I'm speaking with two phenomenal guests, Mary Kay Robbins of Birthright and Colleen Harmon of Rachel's Vineyard. I want to ask you two kind of an interesting question here. Uh, Mary, Mary Kay, I'll start with you. If Birthright, your organization, or the organization that you're with, if they did their job perfectly or exceptionally well, what might the future of this area specifically look like? If Birthright did their job extremely well, 
what would happen? I believe it's not just birthright, it's society as a whole. If we were a loving, caring, supportive community and supportive of life, we would not have pregnant women considering abortion. They wouldn't feel pressured to do that in order to have their career or have to complete their education or provide for their growing family. You know, very often women who come to us already have children. It's not just teenagers with their first pregnancy. And so if, if birthright were doing its job perfectly and if society were more loving and caring and supportive, abortion wouldn't be an issue because women would choose life for their babies because they'd know they can function fully in society as a mom. Hmm. And then Colleen, what would the future of this area look like if Rachel's Vineyard did their job? particularly well what would happen because you're in different boats here you know one is mothers considering abortion will go to you mary Kay, uh and they'll get the help they need so that they have their child and it lives a good life but at rachel's vineyard it's if you chose the contrary and you had an abortion you come to to rachel's vineyard so again i asked the question what if you did your job very well what would it look like I believe that it would <clears throat> increase the number of men and women in our world who know with certainty that the truth of their lives and their experience uh, is not the last word, the truth of, of their choice um, to have an abortion um, is not the final word on their life. It doesn't have to define their life. That they would, at the end of a Rachel's Vineyard weekend, have hope for their lives. And that they would know that despite the truth of their experience, the truth of their lives is uh, in their future. But they're not determined, or they're not defined by one mistake in their past. Yes, so it's basically, I think, um, a a, a truth that they gain. Uh, It's not the truth uh, that they believed for so many years that really, in in fact, were were lies. They believed so many lies um, um, about the child that they were carrying, about the value of their lives, about their own life, um and uh, who they believe themselves to be after they made that choice. So Rachel's Vineyard Retreat helps them to see the truth of their own lives and the truth of what abortion is. And so from that point on, again, one by one, every man and woman who comes through that retreat weekend can be a voice for truth. And... um, that's what our nation, that's what our world needs, is, is to understand the truth of, of human dignity, mm-hmm. both for the unborn and for the man and the woman who, who have made a mistake, in this case, abortion. But that truth of human dignity is out there for every person who's made a mistake, you know, and, and uh, that, again, there's always hope for your future. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seems like Mary Kay, if Birthright did its job exceptionally well, like you said, there'd be no abortions. So if you did your job really well, it seems like Rachel's Vineyard and its current mission would be out of business. Is that right? <laughs> Unfortunately, it involves all of society. Can right. I tell you a little story? Absolutely. I'd love so, it. Some years back, it's been quite a while back, I had a 16-year-old girl come to me saying she was five months pregnant. She was feeling the baby move. Her boyfriend and his parents wanted her to have an abortion. Her own parents told her if she did not go for an abortion the next day, they were going to kick her out on the street. And she didn't know what to do. Well, I called a friend who's a pro-life attorney, and he said we can get her emancipated as a minor. And at the time, there was a home in Peoria she could go to where she could finish her schooling She could get professional counseling uh, to help her through this and to decide whether to keep the baby, raise it herself, or put it out for adoption. Um, When she knew that, 
she said, okay, I'll go tell my parents I'm not having, I'm not going tomorrow. I said, do you want me to go with you? No, I just needed to know I had a choice. And 16-year-old girl, you said. Yes, and about six months later, I was in a big box store, and I saw her with an infant in an infant seat in the, in the uh, grocery cart or the cart in the big box store. And an older woman was with her, but we keep everything very confidential. I didn't know for sure this was her mom. So I just kind of scooted down the next aisle. And the older woman came and sought me out, and she said, aren't you Mary Kay from Birthright? Are you the one? My daughter said you helped her. She said, my husband was so embarrassed, he was insisting, and as his wife, I felt I had to support him. But thank you for doing what you did, because that baby is just the apple of our eye. We just love her so much. And so when my family members or friends who are pro-choice say, well, I'm pro-choice, I tell them the story of this girl, and I say, who really gave her a choice? You know, <laughs> society puts so much pressure on to take that supposedly easy way out, but who's really giving them a choice? Wow. <laughs> That's a good story right there. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Did you talk to the girl, then the mother? Oh, sure. Sure. I talked to them both. Once I knew yeah. it was her mom and the girl had told her, then I wasn't breaching a confidentiality and we had a nice talk. That's incredible. Yeah. My goodness, man, the courage that that 16-year-old girl must have had to go against her parents and her boyfriend to do what she believed was right, to save mm-hmm. that baby, to not save, well, yeah, to save the baby and to have the baby. That's an, that's remarkable. It is, and I think it was remarkable that her parents had to change of heart to help her raise that child. Too, yeah. You know? mm, my goodness, wow. Well, the two of you, we're getting towards the end of this conversation here. Look, in order to do what you do, you need money. So I want to ask an odd question, but how do you make money? Colleen, I'll start with you. How do you make money? How does Rachel's Vineyard stay afloat? We are very um, blessed to be sponsored by the Catholic Diocese of Peoria. Um, This program in our diocese operates under the um, direction of the Office of Respect Life. Um, And so we are fully um, supported by the diocese, as well as wonderful donations from people who um, have become aware of this ministry, who have benefited from this ministry, or um, people who just believe in the in the cause of life and choose Rachel's Vineyard. Uh, the Knights of Columbus have been wonderful supporters, um, as well as just uh, various parishes among the uh, in the diocese who um, are aware of Rachel's Vineyard and choose that as a um, one of their uh, receivers of their donations whether it's a, a, a local Knights Council or a women's club in the parish uh, we've had some wonderful uh, memorial donations but um, again we're very blessed to not have to worry uh, about the actual expense of each retreat weekend uh, as it's um, we're sponsored by the diocese and we we can leave all those um, financial worries to them. Incredible. The generosity of people is a powerful tool for doing good in the world. That's amazing. So you get, is it some of the money that people at church give and then it's events put on by the Knights of Columbus, uh, the money that they get in? Is it all kind of going into a pot and you're getting a portion of that? That's a good question. Uh, It can be that way, uh, but most often we have uh, donations that are earmarked specifically for the the scholarship, so to say, to cover the um, retreat fee. So most of the personal donations that are made or um, donations that are made by various parish groups um, uh, go into what we call a scholarship account. And those monies specifically cover the um, registration costs for the retreat weekend. Got it. Thank you for clarifying that. And Mary Kay, then how do you guys make money? (laughs) We do not accept any government funds because we do not want to be in a position where the government may tell us we have to make abortion referrals. Mm. So it is entirely funded by donations. And the big donations or the big fundraiser of the year 
in uh, many of the area churches takes place in May. Now it's tied to Mother's Day. It used to be tied to the Roe v. Wade decision in January. Now it's tied to Mother's Day in May. And uh, a dozen churches in the area uh, take part in our Baby Bottle Bank fundraiser. They're little baby bottles with a slit. You know, they're just plastic. And we just ask people to put their donation in there and return it to the church. They dribble in sometimes for months, not necessarily the next week or two, and that's fine. Uh, some people choose to make regular donations online. We have some who set up monthly donations to us. Or annual, a lot of times it comes in pretty heavy in December online or mailed to our office at 505 North Center in Bloomington in December as they're doing their tax planning. Mm-hmm. Um, some people donate uh, cases of diapers and wipes. A lot of people donate gently used clothing to us, both maternity and baby clothing. Some people shop sidewalk sales and come in at the end of a season with piles of brand new clothes. And I love it when we get two or three pretty dresses or little boy outfits the same in the same size because some of our clients have twins and they otherwise never get to dress their kids alike. And that's really kind of exciting for them. But it's all donations of various types and that baby bottle fundraiser. Right now, with respect, Life uh, Month Epiphany, one of the big churches in town, is doing it. The other churches choose to do it in May and tie it to Mother's Day uh, with the baby bottle fundraiser. But the other donations of all kinds go on all year. It just floors me how generous people are. So if you ever see that giant baby (laughs) bottle in your church, it's for you. (laughs) Yep, the big pink baby bottle with the the, uh, birthright sign attached to it. Hey, let me make a suggestion for you guys. You should put a pillow at the bottom of that giant bottle because people throw these bottles full of change in in the middle of mass and just bang. (laughs) So there you go. Well, they're supposed to do it coming and going, not be out there in the middle of mass, I would hope. (laughs) That's right, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, you know, it does get heavy. And to carry the load, I hit on taking a cooler because I didn't think a cardboard box would be strong enough to hold the weight. Mm-hmm. And it made quite a clatter when I dumped that thing into my cooler. <laughs> 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 but it was long after Mass was over and nobody else was around except Father. He kind of jumped. So. <laughs> uh-huh. Right, right. Well, good problem to have. Too much money making too much noise. That's wonderful. The two of you really are doing important and glorious things in in your respective ministries here with Rachel's Vineyard and with Birthright. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart and thank you on behalf of the whole community and beyond that for doing what you do. You're protecting life. And in this October Respect Life Month, it really means a lot that you came onto the show. So thank you very much, Mary Kay. And thank you, Colleen, for your time today. Thank, thank you, you Paul. Paul. It's my pleasure. And thank you, everyone, for listening to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. That was Mary Kay Robbins with Birthright and Colleen Harmon with Rachel's Vineyard. God bless and have a great week. You've been listening to Catholic Conversations. Download our podcasts at catholicspiritradio.com. 